0: That we give thanks to you that we have one another that we can do more together and that the example and the story and the history of nehemiah gives us today encouragement of itself we pray for again not only the folks that are in north carolina and other parts around there but for ourselves for there starting where we were a year ago and perhaps even beyond with some of the mixes of what we saw with both ike and now with uh, uh, harvey in our own place we've seen with florence there we pray Uh, that you give encouragement, people there to surround and help uh, those who've been experiencing this. We thank you for those who continue to bring encouragement. We know, Lord, that each one of us is in a different situation. And even here, where there are those who both uh, went through the storm and have not felt that much, and a year later it feels like not that big a deal. On the other hand, we have those here who are still feeling the effects and wonder why we still feel... uh, uh, attacked and affected by that storm and wondering how do we deal with day by day. Lord, it's easy to find discouragement. If it's not there, it might be with relationships, marriage, kids, school, work, projects. Lord, where we find discouragement today, we pray that not only Nehemiah, but especially the presence of your son would be with us today and in the years to come, as we are encouraged to continue to do more together. In Jesus' name, amen. Always when we come in after, uh, when the choir starts, and then also with the uh, humidity and everything else, I'm always curious. I felt a little muddy at the front. It looks like you guys got that all cleared up, and we'll see how that goes. I'll try to make sure it's not my lack of enunciation for you today. As we go through this, and we can do more together, and it's dealing with this aspect as we look at the rubble, it's just recognizing how, uh, when we're going through things, how discouraging life is. How much rubble there is around us in the things that we're about. And, and today, Nehemiah, as we're picking up there, and I hope you've seen, if you haven't been here every week, I understand there's all kinds of things going on. I hope you've been keeping up either through the sermons online or at least reading through, but just a recollection. That when we started in nehemiah one we have nehemiah finding out about uh the just the condition of jerusalem a place he probably had never been since he was part of those who'd been left behind following uh, their being carried off into captivity but we saw the heart of nehemiah we saw the faith of nehemiah who went into prayer who confessed sinfulness that he felt was even his own even though he had not been there he owned the circumstance and the situation by the time we get to chapter 2 Nehemiah not only continues to be a man of prayer but as he approaches the king with prayer in his heart he also had been thinking about what is next what is to come he had a plan in mind for what he would do in the midst of what he had heard about in Jerusalem boldly He asked to be able to go boldly he had exactly an idea of what was needed to get there now it doesn't take long as we go through this that we also found that Nehemiah realized a very important thing that anything worth doing is worth having somebody be opposed to that anything worth doing will have opposition now, opposition can help us because at times it might ask us to ask the question is this the right thing to do but other times opposition helps us really keenly deal with what is going on being sure that this is God's activity this is what God wants not what I want not what the opposition wants but what God wants that we can work together bring others around and work on the things that are important to the heart of God by chapter 3 we begin to see here the rebuilding of the wall begins and we see how it brought people together and it listed those who together as clans as groups from other cities the priests themselves were willing to work together do more because God was in this and they believed it and they together joined in and yet the opposition still did not cease we still saw that and sometimes it's in this way and we ended here last week, is that the nobles and the officials would not stoop to help. Now, this is an interesting subplot because as we see Nehemiah in on the building of the wall, the subplot of the officials and the nobles continues on. In fact, we're going to see that. I was looking at the Sermon for the 30th, and those officials and nobles keep popping up in different ways, even when they seem... To be in the the game when they seem to be wanting to do more together, we find they're still working against what God is doing. So today we get to chapter four and I hope you listen carefully and watch the words that Steve was reading because today we're seeing this opposition come to a new level. And as the opposition comes to a new level, what we are seeing here is that discouragement sets in. And so what happens, and you know this is true, when you become discouraged, there's always factors that bring about discouragement. The discouragement is coming about not just because you're going, doing life. It's normally those outer things that are coming in as well as your own inner uh, strength and ability. And a lot of times you know this, health, for instance. What we're able to do, time of life, circumstances, we've all dealt. And almost every project, unless it happens like that, has to deal with discouragement. So what's going on here today? I'm not going to, I did not print the words, but just think about as we watch this person laying in the rubble with their hands there, is just the sense, just look around there. Do you see any finish in that picture? Is there any sense that this could be done, especially if this individual, this person, is responsible for what's in front of them? Are you in something right now where you feel it all lays on your shoulders? It's up to you. And there feels like there's no end in sight. It could be, again, in relationships, it could be in a job, it could be in a particular project, Maybe that rubble represents your own children and you're trying to get them from where they were to where they will be. Are you feeling, we usually use these words, are you feeling like you're in the weeds? Discouragement can set in so quickly. And and part of that whole discouragement, there's four reasons that we want to talk about from our text today. One is just this, is fatigue. Uh, verse 10 of our text says this and you can read it I did put some of the verses just in here for you in the readings here if you have it your Bible look up verse 10 and it says in Judah it was said the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing see in the midst of the things and we'll bring some of this up with about those forces that are working there but fatigue simply sets in and I think it is really that kind of in the middle type of place When you're in the middle and you're not quite here, you're not in the beginning stages. I always love watching marathons, and note, watching marathons. If I'm ever in a marathon, I'm in a vehicle driving to the end line. That's how I'm gonna do my marathon, 26.2 miles, done. But you know, at the beginning, it's always, it's, it's just moving to watch this flood of people run out together. And when you see that, it is that beginning feeling, that beginning stage. When anything is new and you're at the start, you feel like you can do anything because it's that fresh thing. It's that new idea. And in the marathon, it's I'm started, I've trained, I'm going. Here we go. And even at the beginning, even if you have no partners, no team, you're there with all those others who are starting with you. But you get out in the middle, you know, and I don't know because without having run one where it is, but somewhere in the middle you hit a wall. My wall's normally been 500 feet. But somewhere in there, no matter how well trained you are, no matter what you feel about this, no matter how many often you've done this, there's that wall. It's the middle. It's where the body is giving out. It's where mentally you're having to stay in the game. It's where you're having to go back to your training. It's where you have that, but fatigue and being in the middle gets you there. School's that way, isn't it? For those of you who've done college, you know, you go through and you get started. It's so exciting. You get your, your information from your instructor and your counselors and your advisors, and this is all you have to do. And then you hit somewhere in the middle that you realize, and I think oftentimes it's either that first class which really hits you or hammers you, or you've gotten through those classes and now you started your interest, you thought. You thought. How many of you got to that point and realized, but I don't want to be, or I had no idea? Some of you know what I was doing in school before I became a pastor, right? I was going into accounting, if you did not know. You know what's hilarious about that? Accounting takes people who are interested in details. It took me through my junior year of of college and university to realize I don't care about details. Somehow the professors thought it wasn't funny that I didn't read all the pages and go through all the problems and I just want to come up with a solution and idea. Having something in there like I think we're generally at this doesn't work in accounting, right accountants? I also found, and God bless you who live with accounting people in their brains, we love you to death, but I was sitting with people who did all that and more. They would they would find out where the book was wrong. They would raise their hand and say, I did this 30-page problem on page 26. This is wrong. I would look at them and say, get a life. <laughs> now, fortunately, at that point, I was in the middle, but God had called me to something else. And so I was in this phase of being in the middle, just finish something. Because if I change my degree, if I change my direction, I'll be at the University of Wyoming for another two years. No, keep moving, get ahead. And what it took was many other things which we can talk about in a moment, but realizing that, and this is true, not just with school, it's not just true with that, it's true in terms of life. Babies are such a trick, aren't they? They look so cute and they smell so good. And then you find out later they stink. You find out they cry and they keep you up. You get in the middle and you find out that I'm really good maybe with, and you might say, I'm really good with babies, but then they grow out of that. Or I'm really good when they're in junior high, but how can I get them from there to junior high? The middle can be so hard. Relationships. Our world, our culture glorifies, you know, the wedding ceremony, and getting started, but nobody really helps us with what happens the day after. The middle can be so hard. We can feel so tired. And family, you got them. I made a choice to marry, but I did not make a choice for my brother, my mom, and dad, and all my cousins. I have to go to a family reunion again? Fatigue. It can come up in so many ways. And then there's also this aspect of just frustration. We have the picture of the lady sitting in the rubble. And this was their life. This was their circumstance. They have been working and working and working. And now they have forces that are coming in and talking to them about what is wrong with what you're doing. Did you see the phrase or hear the phrase? Well, if a fox walked up this little mountain of stone, the whole thing will crash in. It's really not that good a job. You're not getting anywhere. You're not making any forward progress. And there are those voices, and they may be the voices of other people saying, why don't you just get a job and forget school? Why do you wanna bother with a relationship? Just be single. Why do you wanna bother having kids and raising them? Take them to somebody else, let them handle it. Nobody will let you do that, by the way. the voices which say it just can't be done and the frustration that builds and oftentimes it's those voices inside and maybe it is because we've been in families where these things have not been accomplished and we believe if they couldn't do it if they haven't been there how can I do this or I have never finished anything yet the voices that come in and say it can't happen right now with Harvey Everybody being at different places, and just sometimes it's that last little piece to put in. It's that last part that you're looking for, and you just don't care one bit. Or you've been working on putting it up together so much you forgot that laying on the ground around you is broken pieces of tile, glass, junk that reminds you of where you've been. In your life, is there junk laying around you, reminding you of what you couldn't finish? Do you just get frustrated and say, Who cares? It would be easier if I just quit. We could do more together, so important because the we. If we are by ourselves, how do we get there? And so it's a kind of that failure mentality, if we're by ourselves, if we're up in the Sunday school classroom doing it by ourselves, if we've left others by themselves, if we come up to midweek this week and we see one person trying to do it all, that one person may be having a failure of mentality because these are the kinds of things you say. And they said themselves, by ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild this wall. Saint so often, his work seems to want to separate us. The frustration times we'll get frustrated with others, and then we back off and go to ourselves. We get frustrated with ourselves and we feel embarrassed. And what do we do? We withdraw to ourselves. At the times we need to be around other people, we stop going to worship, we stop going to Bible study, we stop inviting others, we stop saying yes to the invitations, we feel so frustrated, but then what that works into is our failure of mentality by ourselves, that's the first stopgap. the first place of, of real problem is that idea, by myself, by ourselves, this will never ever happen you don't have to raise your hands but I'd be curious to see how many of you thought we beat the New England Patriots last week thank you Justin you live in that fantasy world now just kidding. I think a lot of us thought this is the year but you know the problem and you've seen this in sports haven't you we've never beaten that team and they will beat us time after time after time unless we can overcome the poor belief that we can't do it. I'm thinking for the Jews. They'd been sitting in this rubble. Remember, it wasn't just when Nehemiah showed up and they started to work. They'd been walking in the rubble of defeat their whole lives and their children's lives and their children's lives. The reminder that we can't do it We can do less together. We can do nothing together. I can't do anything by myself had been their mantra. We are stuck in this situation. There is no way. The whole issue of making forward progress is often starting right here in our mind. What we believe we can do. What we believe that God has opened the door for us to be able to do. And God is saying I could do more as it says in Ephesians 3 than you begin begin to ask or imagine. We miss what God is doing because we're so stuck in this rut of it can't be done. God looks for things beyond that and he works not only beyond our failure of mentality, our failure mentally, but also this, he works within our fear isn't it amazing how often God says stop fearing or fear not Isaiah chapter 40 fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God look where he starts there before he says anything he doesn't say you can do this he doesn't even say there's nothing to fear he says to stop fearing because of his presence him being God well why did they fear well, if you were listening along, and if you look here too, it says, And our enemy said they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. There's always opposition. There's always those who are against. There's always those who say, if you keep going this direction, we leave you. We stop being around you. We, we're going to drop you. There's always those haters from outside who come in and say, I can't do it. And there's even that voice in us that says, can't be done there's always that voice that says when people are working together we say well I don't have time to help I can't do that we don't look at the things of life that take up our time and energy and suck us dry and say no more am I going to do that I'm going to be in those things that are involved with those of faith and those of encouragement we keep moving along and let ourselves get sucked dry the fear sets in because we can't do it all and we think it's all on us. Then on top of that, not only do you have the, 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 those who are just negatively coming on to, to you, you have those who have good intentions for you. And this was their family and their friends. I can't believe that it really was ten times exactly where they were counting it. You know, one, two, three. But it says here, at that time the Jews who lived near us, near them, came from all directions and said to us ten times, come home. Come home. Give give up. It'd be so much easier. Just stop. You know, I care about you. Sometimes best intentions really don't help. Now I pick on social media, and I'm sorry, especially to my wife who loves social media, but I have noticed that there's times where we need people who will speak the truth on social media and unfortunately they try and do it on top of a whole page in front of thousands of people wrong place to time and then there's those times where people need to be told the truth uh, and, but it needs to be said lovingly and firmly and again not on top but what usually will do is we'll send people down wrong paths just because it's the collective mode it's the collective group we either jump on something that nobody, we think no one likes, or we don't say to someone what they need to hear, but yeah, go that direction. It's not just social media, is it? I mean, we just do that with people. That's just a, a magnified place. In this case, they had those who came to them and said, just stop. Just stop. Just don't worry with it anymore. Now, you're holding in your own pocket right now, in your own heart, in your head, a place where you're feeling discouragement. And some of these or all of these might be in play. What is it that God would have for us? What do we learn from Nehemiah and what do we see in terms of the activity and action of God? And it's a couple of things that we want to do because we have ways in which we over, are overcoming discouragement. For for Nehemiah, he was very clear on how this would be done. First of all, he reevaluated his goals, and you might even say he reevaluated the processes. In verse 13, what they said is realizing that there are those people who are even adding discouragement because they're going to attack. They even use the words kill. What do they do? So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. At this point, what I want to show you is who was in those open spaces. It was their family. It was those of their family and faith who they knew as they worked that they had their back. And if we're going to reevaluate how we go about things, it's not just what we're doing and where we're going, it's who goes with us. Do you have someone who's sharing in that with you? Are you suffering alone in your hurt from your job? Are you suffering alone in terms of what's happening in relationships? Or are you reaching out and letting people find you and be there with you, be in the gap for you? I think this is where the first place is where you start to hear the words, stand in the gap because we all have those gaps in our world. Who is it that's gonna go with us, or are we gonna hide away? Realize, too, that you're not alone. That's tied in pretty closely there, isn't it? he says, I station them by their clans, is recognizing that we are never, ever alone. Jesus himself says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, but don't leave it just to Jesus to be flimsy out there somewhere that he doesn't leave us. Remember where he talks about his presence is where two or three are gathered. That we're looking for those people. We're praying about those people. We're opening our eyes to see who's already there for us. They had their clans. Obviously your family, they said. For you and me, it may not be family. Family may not be those who help. Family may be part of our discouragement. Who is it that God is adding that you're meeting in your Bible classes? Who is it that you're meeting in your neighborhood uh, who also follow in the faith? Who is it that you see on Sunday by Sunday that you can say, hey, let's go out for lunch? Who can be part of those who help you realize that you're not alone? But also with those words, not only were they standing in the gap, they were ready to fight, they held their spears. They held their spears and they had their shields. You say, Pastor, you know, I know there's licenses to carry, but I don't think shields and swords are part of the license to carry. Is that going to really help me, even in Texas? Well, I'm not encouraging that you have to carry either of the swords, spears, or handguns, but are we ready to take on what's in front of us? Scriptures say we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities' powers. Also, in the book of Ephesians, it says, put on the armor of God, that armor, which includes mentioning the shield, which mentions the sword of the word. Dig deeper in these times with others. To be ready to fight is to be in the word of God to inform our mind, to inform our fear, to be able to overcome Our failure mentality is to go back to the Word to see what God says about who we are not what the world says we are go to the Word of God which clearly states where God is taking us versus where we've never been before be where the armor of God is there with those in the gap that we as Christians believe that the Word of God the power of our baptism The receiving as we will watch those through today and others we will experience. Receiving Christ in his body and blood that God comes and says to us again, you have all the tools, you have all that you need. See the work of the Spirit. Don't let yourself... Fall into discouragement and failure. See where God is at work and remember the Lord, It said in verse 14. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. I'm thinking about someone who was discouraged a lot and just wanted to give up. I'm thinking of blood and sweat and tears. As he said, I don't really want to do this. I'm thinking of someone who came into a situation which seemed so perfect, which seemed so right as he was born into this ability to do what he was going to do. And then as he looked at the end, when he saw the finish line, said, I don't think so. There has to be a better way, a different way. And I remember that person being Jesus, laying on top of a rock, his head down, saying, Father, if there is any other way, If there's any other way, tell me what it is. The Father said, no, this is the way. Now in your life and mine, there might be times where the Father says, no, let's go this way. But when the Father says go, Look at Jesus and see him that he remembered at that moment, that time, the Father. And he said, Father, what your will is. Today, Mark and Laura are at uh, the dwelling. As I mentioned earlier, they're going to be moving into their apartment uh, tomorrow. And and, uh, I do hope and pray, just like you do for... Our Sunday school and our vacation Bible school and our mission team going to Guatemala and our teams going to Harvey and you being in your neighborhood and us being about what we are that you put them in the the, the group of mission who we are and pray for them because I think one of the biggest things with planning a church that comes up is this word discouragement pastor Ted came a year ago of course, pre Harvey and he and Sarah said here we are in Texas what were we thinking and then god sends a flood but you still have a place to go monday morning you show up at the office and you figure it out i've never planted a church pastor ted's never planted a church and they look at us and they say so what's next we said good luck so they start and they're doing a brilliant job of thinking through all of these things but still do you think they're going to hit discouragement are they going to hit a place where they have an idea of where it should be by now or what our expectations are or how we can fulfill what they need to be doing? So what can we do? We pray for them. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap with, our word, with the word in prayer. We stand beside them and encourage them. And when others might say, what were you thinking? Why don't you go back to ministry where it's easy? We say, but we're here and more important, God is with you. When we see this thing unfolding in the couple of years ahead and it's coming, we don't go and say, just go back, go back. We say, move forward, move forward. And we do the same thing for them that they would do for us, and we do what God is doing in their lives as God is doing in our life. And we see the Savior on the cross who could have stopped short and could have said enough, but went to the cross. He died, he went through it, and he rose again by the power, not of himself, but of the Father. And we go by the power of the Father, whether it's with them or with what we're doing, and we say, God, not our will, but your will be done. Let's move, whether it's there or move, whether it's here and see ourselves together, not that they're the mission and we're not, or we're the mission and they're not, but we're the mission of God to bring people to Jesus Christ by the power of God, which is at work within us, we pray. Father, we come to you and we know. And have expectation we know discouragement comes we know that it can fill into our lives fill us today of all the things we talked to about the last one to remember the lord to remember the lord that we will continue with where you send us as a church where you send this mission start where we are going as families where we are going in life that we in all things remember the lord it's in the name of jesus we pray and all god's people shout it out amen Let's sing our God, our help in ages past.